Welcome to the Meta Church Podcast. My name's Clayton. I'm the pastor here at Meta Church. And my hope is that today's podcast finds you at the perfect time in your life that God uses it to inspire and enlighten you. I hope that you enjoy today's message. Today, I want to talk about one of the great heroes of Scripture, Moses. His life story is found in the Jewish Scriptures, what we often call the Old Testament, in the books of Exodus and Numbers. Moses came into the scene at a very interesting point in Israel's history. About 400 years earlier, they had fled to Egypt to escape a massive famine. And once they were there, they set up shop and they never left. Eventually, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, enslaved Israel, put them into forced hard labor and made them earn everything that they had. They had lost all hope. They had lost their national identity. They had lost their dreams of the future. When things seemed so dark, they got even worse. The population of Israel had exploded and Pharaoh was afraid that if they continued to grow, that they would rise up and overtake Egypt, fight for their own freedom. He put a law in place that every male child that was born would be put to death. Now, some of the mothers rebelled. One of these brave women was the mother of Moses. When she first saw her beautiful baby boy, she knew that God had given him a purpose and there was a plan for his life. She did what she had to do. She hid Moses for about three months and when she could hide him no longer, she put together a plan that was the ultimate act of faith. This moment in his young life not only introduces us to where the name Moses comes from, but it also sets up a major theme in the life of Moses, the theme of water. Here was the plan. Moses' mother took a small basket. She covered it in tar and pitch. She made it buoyant and waterproof. She laid Moses inside of it and sent it down the Nile River, trusting that God would see her baby through. Interestingly, the Hebrew word for this small basket is the word tabah. It only shows up one other time in scripture. and It's the actual name of Noah's ark. It was to protect Moses, to not only save his life, but to one day set free all of Israel. His small basket floated down the Nile, guided by the hand of God, and eventually landed right in front of Pharaoh's palace. It was there that Pharaoh's daughter saw this small basket, and when she opened it, the surprise of a lifetime, a small Israelite boy. Moses' name means drawn out drawn out of the water that was on one hand such an obstacle to survival and at the same time was the very means by which his life was spared. The name Moses literally means drawn out. Moses was drawn out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter and was raised in the palace as one of her own. By the time Moses was an adult, he had like a split identity. On one hand, he was part of Pharaoh's family by association. He'd been raised in the traditions and the customs of Egypt. On the other side, by birth, he was one of the Israelite slaves. 
It all came to a head one day when he saw one of the slave drivers beating one of the Israelites and he went to stop it and ended up killing one of the Egyptians. Moses was afraid for his life and so he fled out into the wilderness and started a brand new life. He got married. He had an incredible father-in-law and he took care of the father-in-law's sheep. Life honestly was good. Moses was satisfied. But God still had plans for the young child that he had rescued from the water. It's here that we're introduced to the main tool that we see Moses using throughout his life. One day as he was out shepherding the sheep, he saw a bush that was engulfed in flames and yet was not burning. It was quite a spectacle. He had to go check it out. And when he got there from inside the flame, God spoke to him. He told him that he had a plan for his life. He gave Moses a new mission to go back to Egypt to confront Pharaoh and to demand that Pharaoh lets God's people go. Now Moses did not want any part of this. Egypt was the last place that he wanted to show up. And besides, he already had a laundry list of excuses of why this would never ever work. And yet God had chosen him. He asked Moses, what is it that's in your hand? And what Moses had was a, a simple shepherd's staff. God wanted to display his power to give Moses confidence that he would be with him. He said to throw his staff down and as he did, it transformed into a serpent. Moses was freaked out. He ran away, but God said, grab it by the tail. And when he did, scripture says it turned back into a staff. It was simply the power of God displayed in Moses' life. Now Moses had a tool. He had something that God would use to give him the confidence to move forward, the confidence that God is who he says that he is. Reluctantly, Moses goes back to Egypt. He demands that the Pharaoh let the Israelites go. Of course, the Pharaoh has no interest in letting go of a million people that represent free labor and a huge part of the Egyptian economy. And so God begins to bring plagues. And in almost every one of these plagues, Moses' staff is involved in some way, whether he reaches it out to the sky and darkness comes or sticks it into the river and turns it all to blood. After 10 of these plagues, Pharaoh relents. He allows the Israelites to leave, to head back towards the land that God had given them, to head back to the promised land. And Moses, the baby who was drawn out of the water, raised in the Egyptian palace, spent years wandering in the desert, was the leader. He was in the front, capturing the hearts of the Israelite people who followed him to freedom. However, it wasn't long before Pharaoh realized exactly what he had done. He was filled with regret. He gathered all of Egypt's army and sent them after the Israelite people. God was leading them, leading them to freedom, leading them to the promise. He also led them right to the edge of the Red Sea, a massive, impassable body of water. No one was too concerned about it because they thought they had time. They'll figure out a way across it or they'll navigate their way around it. Everyone was just so excited to be leaving their slavery and bondage behind. 
It was at that point that Pharaoh's army came and pressed down upon them. They had them surrounded. And to be Moses, who could have died at birth, who could have died in the Nile River, who could have died as a nobody out in the wilderness, who could have been killed when he confronted Pharaoh and demanded for the Israelites to be set free. And now you have to choose your death, war or water. Once again, we have this thread through his life Water at this moment is the ultimate opposition. All of Israel begins to cry out to God. Such incredible opposition, but through faith, such incredible opportunity. And now Moses had a tool, something God had given Moses to remember that God was on his side. God spoke to Moses and said, stretch your staff over the water. And as he extended his staff, scripture says that the waters parted Israel walked across the sea on dry ground. They got to the other side to freedom. And when Egypt followed them back in, the waters collapsed, defeating the Egyptian army and securing Israel's freedom. Once again, Moses was saved from water to water. Moses and the Israelites had been drawn out of the Red Sea. Now they are on the way to the promised land. There's only one problem. They're in the middle of the desert. They have no food and more importantly, they have no water. And the Israelites do what they would continue to do for the next 40 years, they complain. They go to Moses and they say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? I know we were enslaved, but at least we had three meals a day. At least our children weren't going to die of thirst. This was a real problem. You have to have water to survive. Water is the problem. Water is the obstacle. And once again, water will be the answer and the opportunity. God tells Moses to take his staff, to go to this large rock that was in the center of the camp and in front of the congregation to strike the rock with his staff. And when he did, it gushed forth with water, water enough for everyone in Israel to be saved. And at this point, his staff is almost like the silver bullet. It's like, what can this tool not do? we see the major theme over and over, from water to water to water. We see God's favor displayed through the confidence that Moses has, given by the oddest of all things, a simple shepherd's staff. Moses and Israel wandered the desert for 40 years years and finally they were right on the edge of the promised land everything that they had worked for and dreamed about it was all right there about to come true there was only one problem and by now you can probably guess it there was no water they found themselves in this critical moment where if they didn't find water soon people literally would begin to die of thirst and of course, right on cue, all of Israel began to grumble and complain. Why did you bring us out here? Why didn't you let us die in Egypt? On and on they went. For 40 years, God had been good to them, 
had sustained them, oftentimes miraculously, and they still had such little faith that God would provide. Water, once again, was opposition, and water, once again, would have the chance to become opportunity. All through these years, from the desert to Pharaoh's palace, all the way now to the wilderness, God had given the confidence that Moses needed, and he gave it to him in a tool, his staff. God spoke to Moses and said, here's what we're gonna do. I need you to grab your staff. I'm gonna guide you to this rock. I'm gonna gather all of Israel in front of you. And at this point, it's like old hat. Moses knows exactly what's coming. Got it, bro, got the staff. Get the crowd, line them up. And then God says, I want you to speak to the rock. And when you speak to the rock, water will come forth. It all looked the same, it all felt the same, but this time the staff would not be used. God asked Moses to simply speak to the rock and his power would be displayed. Now I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if Moses was just so frustrated with these people who for 40 years had such little faith, complained at every opportunity. I don't know if maybe Moses didn't listen well, if he just had lost his patience. But Moses gathered Israel, grabbed his staff, approached the rock, and in anger struck the rock, not once, but twice. Now God was good, water came rushing forth, but there were dire consequences to Moses' lack of obedience. God told Moses that because he did not follow through, because he had not obeyed God, that he would not get to enter into the promised land. For all of these years, through all of these obstacles, God had been good. He had given Moses a staff and Moses had used the staff again and again and again. Why not just have him strike the rock again? You see, Israel was moving into a new season. They were no longer going to be wanderers in a wilderness. They were getting ready to cross in to the promised land, the land of their ancestors. They were moving into a new season. New seasons often require new strategies. Moses would die in the wilderness and God brought up a new leader for Israel, a man named Joshua. And right at the edge of the promised land, there was a problem. Of course, it was water, this time the Jordan River. Now there was no staff that Joshua stretched out to part the waters. They were moving into a new season. God needed a new strategy, new ways of seeing things and learning to trust and rely on God. He asked Joshua to walk into the water. And as they walked in, the waters parted. All throughout Moses' life, he ran into the same theme of water. He was very comfortable with water worries. Over and over, God had taken opposition and shown him opportunity. Of course, all along the way, Moses had his staff, something to give him confidence, something that he felt like he could rely on. However, the staff itself was never magic. It never had any kind of real spiritual power. It was always meant to simply be a reminder of the God who was with him. Over time, it seemed Moses may have confused the source with the staff. The source of the power and provision, the miracles that they saw was God. 
his power, his favor and provision was on Moses and was working for the good of the Israelite people. Moses confused the source with the staff and so he swung when he was supposed to speak. Maybe there have been times where you see a theme throughout your life, something that constantly comes and brings fear and suffering. Perhaps for you it's relationships and all throughout your life, over and over again, you've struggled and struggled and struggled. Maybe it is addiction, maybe it's career, maybe you've never felt like you were smart enough, maybe you've never felt like you were good looking enough. We all have these things that recur in our life, things that show up that are massive obstacles to our success and our future. I wanna suggest that we all also have a staff. We have something that we have found in this world that when things go bad, we look to for the source of our hope. What is your water? What are the things that continually come up that seem to be blocking you and the destiny that you want to live out? And what is your staff? You can discover it quite simply by asking, what do I turn to when life gets hard? You see, Moses saw water, 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 obstacle, 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 but God was with him. And we have a God who can turn our suffering into significance, who can turn our obstacles into opportunities for the world to see just how good our God is. But we can never confuse our staff with the source of our hope, the source of our provision. Maybe for you, your staff is your wealth. It's the thing that you rely on. When your bank accounts are high, your confidence follows. Maybe for you, it's your possessions. And as long as you have the newest, the latest, the greatest, the best, the most expensive, you feel like all is good in the world. When you're full of anxiety and depression, just swiping that card makes it all melt away. Maybe it is your relationships. Maybe you are relying on your marriage so much that you are putting your hope in your spouse instead of in your savior. We all have a staff. For some of us, it's our addictions, the things that can give us just the little bit of relief that we need to forget just how bad the obstacles in our life are. Maybe God today is moving you into a new season and new seasons require new strategies. Maybe whatever your staff is that has got you through your water worries, whatever the thing you put your hope in that's got you through your obstacles to this point needs to shift. See, the truth is we don't need a staff when we have a savior. God was trying to teach Moses something. Take the staff out of the equation, speak to the rock and see that your faith isn't in anything of this world, your faith is in the one who created this world. I wonder if you would be courageous enough and honest enough to evaluate your life, to try and see the themes that have threaded through your life, the common obstacles that you have faced. I wonder if you would be courageous and honest enough to ask, what is your staff? What have you been putting your hope and your faith in? When you think about your future, what is it that you hope will secure that future for you. If you want to live the life of purpose you were created to live, 
If you want to move from where you are in the wilderness of life into the life of promise that God has for you, if you want to move into a new season, it's going to require a new strategy to no longer put your hope in the staff, but to put your hope in a Savior. Thanks so much for listening to the message today. If this was helpful to you and you want to help us get the word out, you can subscribe to this podcast. You can rate and review or share it with your friends. If you want to get connected further with what MetaChurch is doing, you can go online to metachurch.tv. There you can learn how to take next steps. You can learn where our different venues are at if you ever wanted to visit. And you can also give financially to help push this movement forward. And I love you guys, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.